You know, it seems like it was just a couple of years ago, well, actually it was a couple of years ago, that uh, Sinclair's purchase of that big regional sports net all over the country was hailed as their savior. This is going to be our cash cow. Uh, Today, not so much. Radio struggles to get back to its 2019 levels, Keith, as the top 10 billing stations prove. We're going to talk about WTOP and the other top 10 stations and their billing and how it reflects on radio today. So good morning. We are back again with another edition of Media Insultant. We don't insult anybody. Well, sometimes we do. But for the most part, it's my opinions, Keith's opinions, ideas, thoughts, takeaways, and uh, occasionally some rude comments, primarily targeting radio and TV sales professionals. I'm Jackson Weaver in the Pacific Northwest. Keith's down in Los Angeles. Keith Samuels in Los Angeles. Keith, please say good morning. Good morning. There, all right. (laughs) Good morning, Jackson. We do this each Tuesday and Friday, so today both of us would like to welcome you to the Friday, September 30th episode of Media Insultant. Before we dig into this episode of Media Insultant, Keith, I really wanted to point out what I thought was a really pretty good sales recruiting article in Radio Inc. by Lloyd Ford. Lloyd offers up seven tips on better recruiting. And my takeaway from it is two things. First thing is, oh my God, recruiting has got to be almost a full-time job, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like our friend Lucy Rice, who's a great media recruiter, has always said. She, She said, always be recruiting. So he, but he, Lloyd has some really good ideas, and and I think it's an article, a blog. It's a quick read. It's worth reading. You find it on Radio Inc.'s website. The author is Lloyd Ford. Check it out. Okay, enough for that plug for an article I found of some interest uh, today. And what's going on at Sinclair? Sinclair is, I think, the second or third largest broadcast group, depending upon how you how you count it. And they bought these regional sports nets most of them from Disney, about three years ago, I think. And they well, no, sold... no, they bought them from Fox. They, they bought, bought the them Fox from Sports Fox. Net. Yeah. Thank you. They bought them from Fox. Well, because Disney bought Fox, and they had to divest the sports nets. That was one of the things they needed to do to get the deal approved. So you were partly correct. No, I was, um, I, I was, I thought I was wrong, but I was really right. That's really the truth. Yeah, yeah, close right. enough. Okay, yeah, okay, all right. Close enough for an insultant parameter. It'll it'll work. <laughs> and then they turned around and they sold sponsorship to Bally Sports. Got like eighty five million dollars, something like that, for ten year period. Yeah, they run it as Diamond Sports. Yeah, they, they and, have they have a division of of Sinclair now called Diamond Sports, and uh, and it's that crew that sells it, distributes it, and and does all the deals with the teams. And you're right, they sold the naming rights to Bally because you know you can't sell you can't get enough sports betting sponsorship no. revenue these days so there you no. go but in the meantime they've run into some problems they lost a distribution deal with uh, YouTube and with I believe it was Dish and they have struggled with getting alternate distribution points you know they've tried to do some direct to consumer uh, work with getting sports rights for that that has turned out to be a real problem and now they're in pretty serious financial issues. 
And as the interest rates go up, I think it's probably going to get even worse. There's even some talk they would bankrupt the company. I don't think they'd bankrupt Sinclair. I think they'd bankrupt Diamond Sports. So now the word out on the street is that they're quietly marketing a book for the network. And not much of anybody's interested. You know, the the tire kickers, but nobody else is really interested, except it appears MLB, NHL, and the NBA might form a consortium to buy it. Is that a good idea, Keith, for the major league baseball or major these three major league major league uh, groups to get together and buy a regional sports net? Does that make sense? I think it does. You know, it's their content, right? It's their their, their it's their teams, and and so here's here's the trouble that that the both the leagues and the regional sports nets are having is that the the best teams in the biggest markets, L.A. certainly and New York to a certain extent with the Yes Network and others, where you have the teams forming their own sports net, okay? The Dodgers have their own sports net here in Los Angeles. The uh, Lakers have their own sports net here in Los Angeles. So the, the remaining content for Bally Sports, formerly Fox Sports Net, is NHL, uh, the Angels. So they got the Ducks and the Kings and the Angels and the Clippers, okay? Not a bad not a bad mix of product. I mean, those are watchable teams in a big market and yet the, te- the yet the company that's that's carrying them is is really struggling. So, I think it makes sense for um, the leagues to come in. In fact, by, by the way, the Ducks and the Kings have no radio play-by-play deal in Los Angeles. The number 2 radio market in the country. They sell out their games all the time, all season long. There's a big fan base for NHL hockey in LA, but they can't get a radio deal. So what do they do? They stream it. They stream. do their own streaming net, okay? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they brand it that way and everything else. So you think, my gosh. So I'm thinking that a good strategy to for these other sports and other teams in, in big markets and the struggling franchises that are in San Jose or Phoenix or you know wherever, uh, Banding together to kind of bring stability to the television side of their of their business, I think I think could make a lot of sense. And the teams having a vested interest means that it's more about selling sponsorship than getting uh, choking uh, a, a you know Bally Sports with a rights deal that they could never pay. Uh, I think I think has I think might make some sense. I think the um, the big the biggest drawback for. Diamond Sports is uh, the the price now has gone from they paid ten billion and the price now that is floating is maybe three billion. Yeah, yeah. that is a big write off. That is a big write off. And they're willing think, to take it, I guess. Huh? Yeah, well, willing to take it, it. We'll keep we'll keep an eye on it. I think I think there are a couple other quick takeaways that I had. One is sports doesn't always pay. You know, somehow we have this idea in in broadcasting that sports always pays. And and it doesn't. And to your point, cable companies are driving harder bargains for clearance than they ever have. And I think yep. that's a that's a real big point. So at the end of the day, it's going to be very interesting. But I think you're right. This bifurcation is you're going to see the major teams have their own sports net. The other, the secondary, if you will, the secondary market teams are going to go through regional sports nets like Bally or whatever it's renamed. Yeah. And, you know, they could pick up other sports nets, you know, so maybe they, they expand beyond the footprint that uh, Fox, formerly Fox, now Bally has. But in the meantime, if I'm a local television or radio sports seller in, in a market that has a Bally sports net in it, 
you know, boy, you got to cover your ass on this one. Make sure that your sports deals are getting, you know, attention of the buyers and you're getting really close to your customers because you've got a lot of desperate RSN, these regional sports net reps out there cutting any deal they can get. Okay. Because they don't know what's going on in the future. They don't know who they're going to be working for. Uh, the teams, you know, are wondering what's what the hell's going on. So you've got you've got kind of blood in the water when it comes to the regional sports net. If there wasn't enough already, you know, make sure that you're, uh, you, you know, you're keeping an eye out for your friendly uh, RSN, you know, uh, Bally Sports rep from Diamond Sports because they're they're gonna they're gonna you know they're gonna, they're trying to save their ass. So that's, that's right. always a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And when when you get desperate like that, it, it does strange strange things to rates. It really does. All right. Speaking of rates, again, (laughs) WTOP is in Washington, D.C., is the number one radio biller in the country. $70 million this past year. And uh, they exceeded the 2019 pre-COVID level of billing of revenue. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't tell the whole story, does it? Um, no, because no one else in the t- list of top 10 revenue-generating radio stations in America got even close to 2019. And by the way, I mean, T- WTOP barely beat 2019. They went $70 million in annual revenue last year in 2021 to $69 million in 2019. That said, anybody doing $70 million, I've never seen that. We've had people in the 60s. I've never seen anybody bill $70 million and without sports, okay? Now, on the top 10 list, there's, let's see, WBZ in Boston at $33 million. There's uh, WFAN in New York at $31 million. There's a couple of sports stations, and you put those two sports stations together, and they don't even get to what WTOP did with no sports. Sports is a big revenue generator, play-by-play, massive revenue generator, and it showed up on, on the fan and, and, and WBZ in Boston. But wow, to do this, you know, 70 million is unbelievable. So, you know, kudos to Joel Oxley, who's the market manager for Hubbard, who's overseen now WTOP for a couple of decades. His sales, his head of sales, I don't know what his title is anymore because everybody's got 20 titles, but the guy that oversees all of sales for WTOP and their federal news radio network is Matt Mills. Matt's amazing. And his sales staff to do this is just incredible. Okay, so but the question becomes how 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 do they do it? You know, to have this much billing, you know, and and there are guys in in Chattanooga going, "Well, we can do what WTOP does." Why do you think that's not possible? There's no one around America that can do what WTOP does. It's a completely unique radio operation in our nation's capital that is in a specialized market with specialized sales to a specialized audience that no one else will ever do it. So don't look at WTOP as a place to idolize in terms of how you can generate revenue. Look at it as how you manage people, how you manage salespeople, how you manage programmers, how you build a facility, yes. But WTOP's specialty is influencing the purchasing agents at the Pentagon and in Congress also, because you know what, if you're selling, if you're the Raytheon sales guy and you're trying to sell the United States frickin' Air Force a new set of Patriot missiles, you, that's that's a pretty specialized process. WTOP has those purchasing agents listening, and Raytheon's buying spots 
to push their new Patriot missile, you're not going to get that on KISS FM in L.A., all right? That's not the audience, okay? But it is there. And also influencers. So if you're trying to get a bill passed, if you're trying to lobby Congress, and you've gone to Washington, D.C., you've gone to Olympia State Capitol, you've gone there to lobby lawmakers, well, guess who lobbies them when you're gone? Your lobbying association, those industries, lobby via advertising on WTOP so that all the Congress people and all the senators and all the staffers, of which there are thousands, are listening to your station during the day. It's a great lobbying tool and influencer tool. So they, these guys have created a whole new... They, they do CNAs on defense contractors. They do CNAs on political organizations you've never even heard of or know how to talk to. They know how to do that. And by the way, good for them because they take out almost 30% of every dollar spent in radio in Washington, D.C. And they're not, they're not the number one station. They're not number two or three sometimes in the market. They crush it. But you can't do what they do. Okay, yeah. It's so specialized. You can't do what they do. So, But what's interesting is, is that um, you've got a, off this year's list, KISS FM in L.A. They did... 43 million in LA, which is interesting because the station ranks like eighth in the marketplace, seventh or eighth in the marketplace, 12 plus. So to be the t number two biller in America and you're not even the number one audience generator in LA, you know what the frickin' job you're doing. You're, you're out selling everything, events, you're selling non-traditional, you're selling sponsorships, you're selling endorsements, you're crushing it. And none of those one, two, three, four, five, well, only one of those other stations in the top eight is also owned by iHeart, makes the list, and that's K-Big, and they did 32 million. They did you know, 11 million less than KISS. So well done, KISS, well done, iHeart LA, you got two stations in the top 10. iHeart New York has Light, which is the, uh, the third station. And then you have Odyssey in Chicago, and uh, three other stations in New York for Odyssey. So they do a great job. And then Beasley comes in there with WBZ in Boston. So it's an interesting list. WSB in Atlanta fell off the list this year. They were in the top 10 last year or in, in 2020. 2020, right. But that was all the election. That was all the presidential election money. And they just, you know, Georgia is a big state for political. They rocked it, but they slipped out this year. The um, other big takeaway for me, Jackson, is that this number, of the to if you add together the revenue, from the all top 10 stations, the top revenue generating stations in America comes to about $375,000. $375, no, 375 million. million, million. Yeah. That's $85.5 million less cumulatively than the top 10 stations build in 2019. Okay. So, you know, we're still, we're still not there. And, uh, and by the way, it's down $112 million from 2013 so you know this, this thing is kind of trending down it's a tough it's a great picture if you're WTOP if you're everybody else on this list you're fighting to get back to where you used to be and you're still not close yeah it's a tough slog I mean in some ways you know we're beating the same drum you know we all know it's tough and we all know everybody's struggling to get back to where they were in 2019 it's something for another day how do you manage a team in that environment? How do you manage a team? It's like the newspapers who, I mean, how do they recruit? How do you recruit somebody and say, well, we're probably going to do 15% less 
this year than we did last year because the newspaper business is in the toilet and radio's got that same struggle. It might be something we could actually get a couple of people on to talk a little bit about how you manage in that environment. So, all right, my friend, we have done it again. We've beat up everybody. We have had a great media insultant show. And uh, I, I just want to thank everybody for their support. If you see the QR code on the side, that'll take you directly to Venmo. If you'd like to continue to support us, we really appreciate it. Or you can go to Venmo directly if you hear this on the podcast and just look for in-town media on Venmo. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week, Tuesday, in fact, to be specific, Keith, and uh, God knows what we're going to talk about then, but there's a long list on my agenda, and we'll have some fun doing it. We do new shows <laughs> each Tuesday and Friday, and uh, all the podcasting or all the podcasting platforms are where you can mm-hmm. pick up our podcast. The video is at Media Insultant Showcase on Venmo, or on Vimeo. I always get those two <laughs> mixed up. What can I say? I don't know how they got it so branded so close, but they did. So Media Insultant is a production of InTown Media. Comments at Jackson at InTown Media anytime. And Keith, I'll see you Tuesday. We'll be back and have a good time insulting somebody else on Media Insultant on Tuesday. So see you then. <laughs> we always do it, buddy. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. And some special guests coming out. So keep your, keep your eye out on our social media pages because we've got some special shows coming up for you. We do. All right. Thank you, Keith. Have a good week. You too, buddy.